Welcome to the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast. My name is Beth Shank, Healthcare Sustainability Leader in Missoula, Montana. After our seasonal hiatus, we are back with season four of the pod. To kick it off, several members of the board of the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments have joined me for a conversation. We talk about why they serve on the board, what they have learned, what they hope for the organization. It was fun to talk to them all while off duty, so to speak. I hope you enjoy it too. Hey, this is terrific. We are with a number of the board members of the Alliance of Nurses for Healthy Environments, and we're going to just have a conversation today to kick off season four of the Nurses for Healthy Environments podcast. So I'm hoping you can all introduce yourselves, if you would. Azita, would you start, please? Sure. This is Azita Amiri. I'm an associate professor at the University of Alabama in Huntsville, and also I'm a new board member. Wonderful. Sandy. Hi, I'm Sandy Worthington. Um, I live in southern New Jersey, and I'm the treasurer of the board, and I'm currently retired. Fabulous. Uh, let's see, Annabelle. Hi, everyone. I'm Annabelle Castro-Thompson. I'm a nurse practitioner by training. I live in Phoenix, Arizona. I work for Equality Health. I'm senior vice president of health equity. Thanks. Thank you. And Lisa? Hi, everybody. I'm Lisa Campbell. I hail from San Antonio, Texas. I'm a public health nurse. I'm a professor at Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center School of Nursing in Lubbock. I telecommute, thankfully, during COVID. And I'm a board member and uh, happy to be here with my esteemed, wonderful colleagues. And our board president, Tom. Uh, this is Tom Engel. I'm mostly retired, a farm boy from Oregon, and, and uh, a former uh, psychiatric nurse practitioner and a county public health director in Oregon at a couple counties. Good afternoon. Fabulous. Well, thank you all so much for joining. All right, so Tom, let me start with you. What are you proud of that Annie is doing and has done? <laughs> that, that's a complicated question, Beth. You know, it's a little like, that's a little like asking which of your children are your favorite. And you, may, you may have an answer for that, but my God, you're not going to tell anybody. Uh, I, so I, I think my answer to that would be, I, I, am, I am impressed with two things. One is the staying power of the organization, which has been over 10 years now. And that's very proud of that. It's not an easy world to be a nonprofit in. It's not an easy world to do health stuff in. And the second thing that I'm proud of is, is frankly that I'm, not, I'm completely uneducated in environmental issues and this great group of nurses who are educated in environmental issues have let me participate in, and be a part of their, their organization. Great. Lisa, what would you say to that question? What are you proud of regarding Annie? I'm really proud um, of the amazing advocacy efforts of not only our board members and members at large and the executive director and staff, but I'm also really particularly proud of the diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts that we, are, we have embarked on and doing a deep dive. I think it's really important for boards really to examine themselves. Um, and to look at where, where they are in terms of, uh, if you will, on a gauge or a meter 
um, and be honest with that and transparent. So we're, that work I'm really proud of. And I also am particularly proud of um, elevating um, the risk of a environmental exposure to communities, especially vulnerable communities. Um, you know, in Texas, there's a lot of fracking and there's a lot of exposure to uh, the community. So I'm really proud of that too. Um, but like Tom, there's a whole range of things I'm super proud of. So that would be it. That's great, thank you. And anybody can chime in on that, but I'm gonna change questions a little bit. So Sandy, let me come to you about, can you describe something that you've learned from Annie or that you've been surprised by? You've been with the organization for a while and you've been on the board for a while. What would you say to that question? Well, <clears throat> yes, I've been with the organization since it started. And we first met in Arizona and um, I remember going to that meeting and I didn't know anybody. And I thought, what in the world am I doing in the middle of the desert with nobody I know? <laughs> and I was just so impressed with, um, there were nurses from all different disciplines. There were nurses that were advocates, that were researchers, that were teachers, that were in clinical practice. And they all came together with this one you know, enthusiasm to learn how to live in a healthier environment. And it has just snowballed since then. And, um, you know, I'm just really proud to be part of that. That's great. On the other end of the spectrum of longevity, Azita just joined the board in the past, what, half a year or so, maybe a year. What, what about your perspective, Azita? What have you learned so far or what are you excited about? Yeah, I'm really proud of Ani, I would say, because of taking the initiative on environmental health in nursing profession, putting together all nurses from all over the nation, even from outside the United States, and working on environmental health issues relevant to nurses themselves or communities or their families. That's just such a great step that an organization can take. And I'm so proud of also as saying that Annie is reachable. Annie is trustable. We see community members reaching out to Annie and asking questions. We see other people from different professions, like we just had some people, nurse anesthetists, they reached out to provide their concern about some gases that may harm them in the operating room and discussing that with us and asking us for help to see how we can change policy or we can help them to protect themselves. So those are all really uh, the things that I would say that Annie is taking. And as Lisa said, being inclusive and letting people from all different you know, origins and all different races and uh, levels come and join. And this is just very nice and is uh, just encouraging and there is a lot of motivation in the board that let us bring out our ideas and they support your idea and let you go in and progress really uh, well. Yeah, well said. Um, Annabelle, I know Lisa and Azita both brought up a little bit of, of the, some of the work that you've really contributed to in terms of our justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion. Would you comment on that as well as what, do you, what are your visions or hopes for where Annie may go in the future. 
Absolutely, uh, Beth. Um, my expertise is, is around the social determinants of health. Uh, in, in many ways, um, I, I do a lot of work in environment and community design. And, and um, I'm intricate uh, in, in how do you set a equity frameworks around uh, projects, initiatives, and programs so that it doesn't lead to unintended consequences uh, in vulnerable and ethnic minority communities. I love, like many of my colleagues were saying, I love the collective focus that we have taken at Annie to focus on the justice, equity, diversity, and inclusion uh, perspective at, at Annie. And, and, and I know, Beth, that um, there are multiple pervasive threats uh, to climate posed post by climate change, right? And these demand very decisive and collective action from many of the health professionals, including us nurses. And so in the future, my hopes and aspirations for Annie is that we are leaders in this space with our collective expertise in action that we could uh, create profound change in our communities and find ways to really bring every everyone into this discussion because it will take um, profound or, or really big collective action from everyone uh, uh, to really change the dynamic that we're seeing now. Well said, and I just amplify what se several of you said about the uh, staying power of Annie. I joined in 2010, so not the first year, but soon thereafter. And I've seen it grow and deepen and be able to change on the fly with different issues that are coming up. We've really, really put a lot of our energy toward climate, which, which we need to at this point. But we have not forgotten the other areas that we work on. And also we've been really true to the, to the REAP framework, which I appreciate, research, education, advocacy, and practice. So I, I consider Annie to be like a powerhouse of volunteers mostly, very committed, passionate, and capable people. It's one of, you know, the, I mean, obviously one of my favorite organizations uh, ever and um, in nursing. So Tom, it looked like you were gonna say something. Well, this is Tom. I, I, I'm impressed with the, with the breadth of what, of the stuff that Annie covers, uh, the Alliance covers and, and, how it lines up with my complete ignorance about most of these issues. I mean, for example, I'm, I'm in the kitchen the other day with my, my daughter and a friend of hers and her, they're vegans. And so the friend says, well, I don't, I don't wear wool. I said, well, what are you talking about? Well, it's animal products. So she says she doesn't wear wool. So I have to then go say to myself, well, what do you do? And she says, well, I do cotton. And, and then I'm down the rabbit hole of what, what is greenest? Is it wearing wool or is it using cotton. And sure enough, because of Annie, I was able to find this article where someone actually did the work of figuring out which which had the smallest carbon footprint, carbon or, or wool. And of, and of course, they're about the same, but for different reasons. Wool is because of the, the gas that the, the animals put out uh, is a, a greenhouse gas and the cotton's problematic because of all the water and pesticides that it uses. So it ends up being kind of even, but those were issues I had not thought about at all. Uh, the the comparing the two the two things and sort of which you do. So that, that I've appreciated that about Annie, the breadth of stuff. Go ahead. So Tom, like you, I've had two really aha pivotal moments. Um, it, it's not just being on the board, but um, 
for me, it's how far am I going to take it in my personal life to commit to making these changes? So as an example, we purchased solar panels and we have 29 solar panels that are actually on a carport, not on our premises. So 80% of our utilities will be offset by the uh, solar power we put into the grid. So my husband and I committed that. So recently I was visiting my husband who's working in Massachusetts and he says to me, oh my gosh, we gotta get serious about our eating. I've been waiting for this conversation. He's a cardiologist, I love him. Not that we eat bad, but every now and then we splurge. He goes, if we're serious about the environment and greenhouse, we have got to cut out all beef and you know go as vegetarian as we can. And I went, I'm okay with that. Let's do it. He goes, Okay, after this week. <laughs> well, we, we don't get to see each other that long. I'm like, you're on. So we're already like planning. So there's this real heightened awareness. I mean, I knew of some things, but like you, Tom, I'm like, well, I can't wear wool, but I'm like, what? Which one is better? You know, we, it forces us to really challenge ourselves and then help those in our families and in, in, our, in our larger circles of influence. And working on this, this continuum of, of what do I do in my personal life? What do I do in my professional life and what do I do in my policy life and trying to link those those three things together because I cut out beef at my house. But then I have to say to myself, well, my Oregon Public Health Association, I should be talking to them, my professional organization about not serving about doing vegetarian at the annual conference. And then in policy things, I can look at my legislatures putting money into watering these big grasslands that that uh, um, serve serve animal food, you know. I, so personal, professional, and policy lives are important to link together. Andy, I just want to put a plug in for our e-text and uh, the wonderful work that was put into that. And it creates a textbook that any nursing school can integrate it into their curriculum. And as you, Tom, sometimes I'm like, well, what is the answer to this question? And I've gone to the e-text so many times and found them and referred other people to them. So I'm really proud of the award-winning e-text. Excellent. Azita. Yeah, I also wanted to share a story of how my family was affected by what Annie is doing, that last year I brought my daughter. She is now 10th grade. At the time, she was eight to ninth grade, rising ninth grader. So we went to Nashville and she was involved with some of the speakers and she met Annabelle and you know, several other people. And she was so motivated coming back and doing something about environmental health. And she started being the leadership of a hub in Huntsville related to Sunrise Movement. And since then, she's been really active teaching all youth people around us in Alabama and having a a small club in her school to, you know, have members and they are working about educating people on how to uh, reduce their carbon footprint and help with, you know, lowering or reducing the speed of climate change. So that is how Annie has been working in this area. Annabelle. Oh, you're on mute. 
Sorry about that. Um, so, so Beth, for me, I think, um, like, like many of my colleagues on the board, it, it's been eye-opening. Um, I, I think specifically, right, being an executive, um, I, I take a lot of the learnings and, and a lot of the information that we're receiving here at Annie back to, uh, to those in clinical leadership so that they can start making decisions about how is it impacting their individual health because we hear a lot of evidence-based practice that's being presented and being done by members of the board, but also more specifically too, right? If you want to advocate, how can you do it in your present form? How can you, what can you start at home that builds uh, this collective action? That's great. Well, I've heard, I've heard us all be very um, ch big cheerleaders for Annie. A a Well-deserved. It's a, it's a fabulous group. I also know as board members, we're responsible for the fiduciary stability of the organization, for the long-term planning. So let's just talk a little bit without, you know, displaying too many of our secrets. What are, what are the challenges that we face in Annie? People who are, are engaged might be interested in what sort of things do we work on on the board? Tom, I might go to you first as board chair. Well, the, one of the, the principles of Annie has been to try and, from the beginning, has been to try and have the board do as little of the work as possible, instead have work groups that do things. However, that said, there still is the financial life of the organization. And we do have to get grants. Uh, we do have to get donations. We had quite a good uh, year last year with the, the Giving Tuesday, which I think is the day after Thanksgiving or the Tuesday after Thanksgiving or something. Uh, and we've had some very good grants. The most recent one, which was very nice, was to have a fellowship that had 30 uh, uh, scholars and fellows across the country who each had a mentor and, and they did some nice, nice work. But that said, uh, we do have to raise money. Uh, we have to go after grants. It's the life of the nonprofit. It's the life of a nonprofit board. It's probably the least fun thing about being on a board. It's not the reason we want to do Annie, but I personally am most appreciative of the board members who've been willing to be on the board and wrestle with these issues. That's not a great answer to your question, but it's uh, the life of the nonprofit board is. Um, complicated and and we're glad that we have lots of people doing any work. Lisa. You know, Tom, you really, and Beth, thank you. Tom, you really brought up some good points about finances. Um, the other thing I think it's important as a board member, just for the, your listeners in general, is um, as a board member, it's important for each of us to make a donation that's comfortable for, for based on our budget to Annie because we're committed to, um, to the uh, financial health, overall health of the organization. And it's really a strong statement to say all of the board members have made a donation when we're seeking any outside funds. So I think that's really important for fellow colleagues who are out there listening, wondering about that, why that that would be maybe an ask if you serve on a board. Um, but it is important ask uh, in terms of, of financial health. But yeah, I would say, I would agree with Tom. Finances are not always my favorite thing to think about, but they're you know, really critical to the work of the board. They're necessary to the work of the organization, rather. 
sorry. This is Tom again. The, 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 uh, without doing the numbers, the, the, we have been fairly successful. So we have to be honest about that too. There's, uh, we have the current board members, but there was a bunch of board members before us. And, and uh, they have all done a very nice job of uh, raising money for Annie. Uh, organizations and people out there know that nurses are trusted. They know that nursing organizations do good stuff. They know that nurses do good stuff. And so we have been, we have been successful. Um, and we happen to have the treasurer with us today. <laughs> yes, and I will echo everything you said about the responsibilities of finding money and managing it well. But I wanna say a kudos to you, Beth, for spearheading the strategic planning and for our long-term goals and the activities that we need to um, embrace ourselves in to reach those goals. And could you say a little bit about that process? Well, quoting Donabedian, which most nurses know about in terms of, uh, of um, in frameworks, structure, processes, outcomes, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And so I, I am a person who likes structure. I like to see, okay, what do we say we're going to do? How do we say we're going to do it? How are we tracking what we're doing? And for me, I like to see that on paper in like two pages for an organization. So that gives you the level of detail that you can have, which isn't that much. So that's, that just helps me so much. And I was feeling, I think a few years ago, like, wait a minute, I can't keep track of all the directions because Annie is a complex organization. We have REAP, Research, Education, Advocacy and Practice. We have the Climate Change Group. We have the board, we have the, the work groups, we have the steering committee, and we have just people, nurses, three or 4,000 of them out there who wanna know what's happening. So it's really quite a multi-armed creature. So I was just kind of feeling like, well, let's get this kind of down on paper so we can have our annual goals and then see how we're doing on a quarterly basis. So that, that was kind of my approach. And um, I was glad that the board wanted to do that work. It's, it's some work to, to do that. You have to really focus in and concentrate on what's our purpose and what, what, what is gonna make us successful. But thanks for calling that out, Sandy. I think it helps. And let's be clear here, Beth, it's, it's four pages, not two. I know it. it was, I failed, Tom. Uh, Annabelle. And I, I, I would say also, um, prior to being on the board of directors of Annie, I was a liaison of Annie, a participating organization. I was, uh, I'm, I'm a past president of the National Association of Hispanic Nurses. And so I served for two years as a member organization of Annie. And, and I will tell you that uh, it, it was tremendously eye-opening and it gave the membership within NON plenty of opportunities for learning. Uh, we advocated and disseminated uh, policy briefs and, and advocacy efforts within the membership. And so it, it, it was very special for me to get that background. And what I wanted to say is that I know that associations currently that are part of Annie probably participate to different degrees, right? Based on their ability. But I think there are tremendous opportunities here to cement initiatives and programs that will continue to move the efforts of Annie forward. Great. Yeah, thank you. No, that's a, that's a good point because one of Annie's um, methods has been to connect with other nursing organizations. In fact, been really trying to reach more and more and more through uh, the climate work, through standards and scope of practice work, 
through um, getting sign-offs on particular statements. So, so non and others have been really important part of the um, strategy. And, and, and let's be fair too that uh, Annie is willing to grow and do, do, do things that it hasn't done in the past. So when we started, Sandy referred to 10 years ago or whenever, back in the prehistoric times. And, and so we came out of that with four work groups, as I remember, the research, education, policy, and practice. And since then, we've uh, spun off a climate uh, work group uh, because that was just too much to be with everything else in policy. And then most recently in the last year, we've spun off a, a food and agricultural uh, work group that's looking at a whole variety of issues in the food and agricultural world. And so um, if any of your listeners have ideas about things that we should be doing, they, they need to tell us because we want to be responsive to, to everybody and we're willing to do new things. And you mentioned, Tom, the fellowship, which was really quite an achievement, I think. As Tom mentioned, there were 30 fellows from across the United States, three in each of the 10 EPA regions, subregions. And they each worked on a project that had something to do with community, environmental health, community justice. And it was, it was astonishing during the pandemic. I mean, I really give a lot of credit to the Annie staff and to the mentors and uh, to the fellows, I, I was really impressed. It was, I think, hard to wrap their arms around first. What are we talking about? Because everybody had to go into uncharted territory, but I was really proud of that work. I, I was hoping that one, one of you, and it might be you, Tom, could just say something about the staff. Because obviously we're the board, but the staff is who, we have two full-time staff members and several part-time staff members. And I just, uh, we, we, I know we all appreciate Katie and Kara so much and the others who are more intermittent. But Tom, would you say something about that? Well, those of you who have been on boards of nonprofit organizations know that it, it really is the work of, of your staff, your executive director, staff who work with your executive director. And it's easy to feel really good about your board work if you have staff that do nice work. And we've been fortunate for quite some time to have Katie Huffling uh, as our executive director. Kara Cook has been staff who works with her. Uh, we've got a couple other people who do some part-time things, but Katie is a, um, uh, she is a gem, a star, uh, uh, a light in, the, light in the sky for all of us. And uh, we can smile and, talk a lot about uh, how great it is to be on the board of Annie, but only because uh, we have an executive director who's really, really good. Um, and uh, of course, as a board, the nightmare, the nightmare scenario is, is uh, what would you do if you had to replace someone who is really so, so good. And um, that's why us board members keep our, uh, our, our resignation thing in a, air express envelope because it would not be pleasant if Katie ever left us. She does, <laughs> Katie does a great job. And, um, Sandy. And I would just like to say that I think that Katie and Karen and Rachel and it, uh, the other part-time people, they're all so um, into Annie, into environmental health. They're creative, they're smart, they're inclusive and they're responsive. And um, it's rare to find like so many people that way. 
that all come together to make things happen. I, I think you're right that there's some sort of magic. What do you think that is? Is it commitment to environment? What is it? Because I think that's what makes Annie special. Well, it could be the commitment, definitely. But we're nurses. Mm -hmm. And uh, we get things done. Well, I've, I've been impressed the last four years in particular with the professionalism of the staff, you know, living in the Washington, D.C. area, where it is not the greatest place to be uh, these days with uh, environmental issues. Uh, we know that the current administration has abrogated something like 100 environmental rules or tried to, and it just is a very complicated place to keep, uh, keep a good attitude. Um, and I've been impressed with the staff, uh, Katie and Kara, keeping a great attitude about it, being very professional and, and guiding the organization. Thank you for those comments about the staff and I completely agree and we're, we're all fans. Um, so I think that Annie is unique. We're the only national organization that uh, is at the intersection of health and nursing, I'm sorry, of environment and nursing. And um, it strikes me as crucial, but first of all, I guess I'd like to get some feedback if you all agree with that, and I'll start with you, Azita, um, and why? What is crucial about it, if so, and what would be lost if, if we didn't have any? So environmental health is a very important issue, and it's related to our health, specifically these days with all the you know, fire that we have, the climate change that we have, water pollution that is in there in some places, fracking. So these are the things that Annie brings up and make it visible to us as nurses all over the nation and even all over the world. So if we didn't have any, all these attention toward environmental health issues would have been missed. And I'm so thankful of having Annie and being a board member here. What would others say to that? Thank you, Azita. Well, this is Tom. The, 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 there's three to four million nurses in the country. And I think Annie has the obligation and has done a lot of the work to try and help those three to four million nurses understand environmental issues, understand what they can do in their personal life, their professional life, and their policy life. And if we weren't doing this, then they would have to work that much harder to try and find out how do I how do I green up my hospital? How do I help, help the soccer team uh, do better with plastic water bottles? Uh, how, do I, how do I help the legislature uh, think about carbon pricing? And three to four million nurses is a lot of people. There are probably only two groups of professions in the country who, have, who are sort of everywhere and have those kind of numbers and it's nurses and K-12 teachers. And so um, uh, being one of those two uh, large uh, groups of people, larger professions, nurses can really call out the things that nurses need to do. And I think Annie can do that. And Annie has done a lot of that in some areas and we need to keep doing more and doing better. Lisa. Yeah, so um, thanks Beth. So I, I, this is Lisa here. I, not only adding to what Tom said, but I always think also of chemical exposure. Um, I think 
I know Annie's elevated the uh, risk of chemical exposure to communities and also nurses, but um, flame retardants that were in children's clothes, there was a lot, a big Annie group that got some policies related to that. And I kind of think about Annie as a ripple effect, how what we do really has rippled out through the nursing community and the communities at large to really elevate environmental health issues and the significant impact it has on the public's health. I think that really, that really is what Annie's done. And it's done it, actually, the members have done it very effectively um, through our spheres of influence. And as Annabelle alluded to early when, earlier when she was a liaison for her uh, National Hispanic Nurses Association group, um, we all are connected to professional nursing organizations and church organizations organizations in our community that we can share this information with and it's made a tremendous difference. And a quick shout out to board member Kathy Curtis who really has led a lot of, of uh, toxic chemical work in New York State but that has as you say had ripple effects across the nation. Annabelle. Um, Beth I, I, I would say um, I, I do a lot of work out in the community because I, I understand how community works. I, I understand um, how um, nurses are experts in education, advocacy, and grassroots uh, effort. I, I really think that we broker trust in communities and we can do it even with the most difficult subjects. And while I don't think personally that climate change and environmental health is, is, is a difficult subject, I know that many in our community have climate anxiety. Um, there are communities of color and disenfranchised communities and vulnerable communities that are lacking political power and don't have the economic power and the voice to ensure that their perspectives are brought into the equation and that their needs are taken into account and that their ideas are implemented into projects, right? And so I think us nurses, we can use our voice, our power, and our influence to ensure that the voice of the communities is brought in. To me, this is what Annie does and what Annie does really well. And if we weren't around, I think the community would suffer simply because of, of our expertise around community participatory approach in the way that we build trust. Well said, Annabelle. Well, this is Tom. I, I, I've always been impressed with the, 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 the word that often comes after nursing is you provide nursing care. And the care word is really a great word. And I think Annie connecting with nurses across the country really gives them the chance to care about what's happening. And when I think about the, the four, I think there's four things that I worry that my great, 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 great grandchildren will, if they can find my, my grave, will stand over the grave and shake their finger at me and say, what the heck were you doing? That Why weren't you spending time on, uh, on a particular issue? I, I think there's four things they would think of. And one is, one is climate. Uh, one is this, this kind of chemical soup that we all swim in that has all kinds of side effects for us. The other is sort of the, the, la the loss of species. And then the fourth one, I think, is the maldistribution of wealth and wealth and power. And so... I, I think nurses care, and I think we give them the chance to care about those things. You know, listening to you as board members, 
if I step outside of my role as a board member, I would say, I want to be part of that team. I think this is a fabulous organization. So uh, really, you've, you've, I knew that already, but uh, it's just wonderful to hear each of your perspectives. I, I really appreciate the chance to spend this time with you. We, we usually are doing business when we're together. So this has been really great. Um, would anyone like to say anything else about being a nurse, about being an environmental health nurse, anything else about being on the board or about Annie? This is Tom. Uh, Beth, maybe at some point, you know, somewhere in the middle of all this, emphasize those, those, those work groups. We call them work groups, but emphasize yeah. the names of those work groups if people want to participate in, in uh, education, uh, research, policy, practice, uh, climate, and, and food and ag, and make sure that people know those are some things they can sign up for at our website. Well, Azita, you might want to, do you want to speak to the research work group briefly? Yeah, so research work group that I was co-chairing at some point is looking for interest, looking for people who are interested in doing research in different uh, areas of environmental health. When I was co-chairing there, we were working on air pollution, we were working on water fluoridation and how it might affect the uh, people's health, specifically children's, and also we were reviewing all the articles that are around doing the evidence or systematic review and also bringing people, uh, experts in different areas and asking them to do a presentation and make connection between those people and also the board members, not board members, the ANI members, and also specifically the research group members. So what I wanted to say that we are people's rep nurses representatives. So we are here to work for our nurses, to just inform them about environmental health issues or so, but we are also open to any feedback that they might have. And if you are thinking of a new area, a new work group that might help people like probably occupational health or something like that specifically, we are really, open to these comments and these feedbacks and we will work with you to make whatever you want us to be and to work on. Thank you. Thank you. I can talk just briefly about the practice work group and I have to start off by saying the practice group work group does not have a chair right now um, but I will say that really so many people many, many nurses focus on their practice and they're worried about the environmental impacts that come from their practice. How can they green their hospital? How can they know that their faculty role is not adding to the problem? How can they know in their public health department what they should be aware of and not? So I would just throw this out there to anyone who might be listening. If you're interested in leading that group, we will certainly help you. But that would be, that's an important part of what Annie um, can speak to, I would say. And in fact, if you're willing to co-lead it, we would find somebody to co-lead it with you. That's true. If leading is too scary. We have a well-established advocacy and policy work group, and uh, they were just setting new, new uh, priorities just last week. And then we also have the education, and Sandy talked a little bit about their fabulous product, the award-winning from AJN, the award-winning environmental health text e-textbook. And then also the climate uh, work group has really, really taken off. It's got legs and a lot of involvement and a lot of engagement. And I think um, a, full, a, full, a staff member who does that fully, Kara Cook, which uh, really helps. So yeah, that's a great reminder, Tom, to talk about the work groups. 
Any other comments, y'all? I just want to say what a privilege it is to be a part of this group. And I've noticed over the years that uh, the board and the steering committee and the different work groups uh, really invite people to join in and help to mentor people to grow into the work of the groups and also to grow into leadership positions. And I think it's a really an honor to be part of that. Wonderful. And Sandy, I'd just like to add, this is Lisa, that along the way we establish very strong lasting friendships and relationships that have, I can certainly say, enriched my life, Tom, at all. <laughs> and, the pod, and the podcasts are great. <laughs> Especially this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see after you edit it. We'll see. Great idea. <laughs> Anything else, anybody? So my parting words are protect the environment, protect your health, and get out there and vote. Oh, well said, because this will definitely be out before the election, and we have, we have a big one. Well, friends and colleagues and esteemed board members, thank you so much for spending this time on the podcast today. And uh, as noted, it's the kickoff to season four, and it's my honor to talk with you and to work with you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks, everyone. Likewise, Beth. Bye-bye. Thank Bye. you. Good evening. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. great to hear the enthusiasm and commitment the board members have for this unique organization and also our confidence in the Alliance staff. They are in doing important work as they push and answer the nursing profession to look upstream and address health issues where they arise, including from our environmental crisis. Thank you to Tom, Sandy, Lisa, Azita, and Annabelle. We were sorry to miss Kathy Curtis and Barb Sattler, also outstanding board members. Thank you all for listening and please join us for more in season four. As a reminder, please share the podcast with others, rate us on iTunes, or make a comment. These all help the podcast be more visible. Take care all, and talk to you next time. Bye.